Well, good morning, Heritage. Today is Tuesday, November 28th. This is Mr. Neese, and you are listening to The Griffin Rundown, a weekly podcast for HCA. I hope that you're listening together on the way to school this morning. And uh, boy, welcome back from Thanksgiving break. I hope you are relaxed and refreshed and ready for school again this week. And if you're not, well, hold on tight because we'll be at Christmas break in just a few weeks. So you, you're going to make it. Hey, in today's podcast, we're going to discuss several topics, and including but not limited to the Christmas concerts that are upcoming, an update about our pursuit of the charter with the state of Ohio open houses, service projects, and then there's an interview again at, at the end of this podcast. So just some of the things we'll be discussing today. But um, first off, end of year giving letter. You all should have received that in the mail. Each household should have received one in the mail last week over Thanksgiving break. And so would you uh, look at that and consider how, uh, whether you're in a spot right now um, to be able to come alongside Heritage and partnering through giving um, Thank you to the many that already have. Actually, many came in uh, just through the annual dinner ahead of this letter. Um, And then you see those signs again. The the SGO is the true no-brainer. And this one is the the money that you're going to spend somewhere. So um, keep looking for information on that in the newsletter. But this is truly the the no-brainer of I'm either going to give this money to Ohio or I can give this money to students who need financial aid help at Heritage. So um, truly the the no-brainer one. And I think you'll hear some more about that in in the interview today as well. Christmas concerts. I'm sure you're seeing info about this coming through the newsletters. Uh, December 13th, Peninsula and Northfield at 6 p.m. at Christ Community Chapel in Hudson. Please don't show up to the Peninsula campus that night. And then December 14th, the Bainbridge campus will be at 6 p.m. also, but at, at Parkside Church. So the 13th and the 14th are the Christmas concerts. I love these events. They're they're wonderful nights to celebrate uh, the incarnation of our Lord Jesus. So we're looking forward to that time with you. And then the charter. We continue to make great steps in pursuing the charter for next year with the state of Ohio, as, as we've talked about and as you're aware. I want to start to take a question each week or a topic each week from some folks who submitted questions when we made this announcement about a month ago. So um, to be honest, we didn't get that many questions coming in, but one that came in several times uh, or a recurring theme was the study center. And and how does this affect the study center? And if if you don't know what that is, it's our two day per week homeschool partnership program that we offer for kindergarten through fifth grade families in Peninsula. And so, you know, probably came up four or five times in when we sent out the original email. And uh, just to summarize it, one one parent wrote in, just wondering what this means for study center families. And so um, <clears throat> to be honest, the, the answer to that is largely unaffected. And so um, because study, study center families are homeschoolers in the eyes of the state, and that's how they've always been, um, they're unaffected by this, you know, and, and uh, you know, I, I'm sure that you're receiving that uh, maybe with some sadness of, uh, yeah, no, we can't take advantage of the um, the Ed Choice dollars from the state. So that is uh, the unfortunate reality right now. But again, if you listen to the interview at the end of this podcast, you'll hear uh, more about this from from our guest. So yeah, study center families, it's it's largely uh, remain largely unaffected. 
Next point then, open houses. So you've heard me say several times already, people come to Heritage not because we advertise, but because they uh, hear good things about us from the parents, from you. So December 2nd, we have open house at the Bainbridge campus, and this will be both for the Bainbridge campus and for then rising uh, rhetoric school students. So for those that would be at Northfield this year, if they were here. So for Bainbridge and, and upper school students, that's at the Bainbridge campus on December 2nd, and then December 9th at Peninsula. So uh, as you, you have friends that have told you that they're curious about heritage, you can point them to our website uh, to these events that are upcoming, and we're thankful for your help in doing that. Hey, there's been service projects that are ongoing here. I know in Peninsula, we recently wrapped up the, the Operation Christmas Child, the shoebox program, and, and I've seen many, many shoeboxes come in over the last several weeks. And then um, at, at Bainbridge, we also have been doing uh, working with the county again to bring in gifts for, for children in Geauga County. So uh, thank you for those that have been giving. Uh, and then also the Suited for Hope. I, I've seen that at the campuses also of, of helping out those that are trying to get back on their feet. And um, so thankful for the families and, and children that have been giving toward uh, others. And then would you continue to check the newsletters? Because there, there are always service opportunities going on. So thank you for, for checking the newsletters weekly. The renovation project in Peninsula. the the What was the garage back in the day is is very nearly done now in Peninsula. Not exactly on the time frame that we wanted, but we're thankful that we're in the spot that we're in. So uh, we do plan to move the classrooms over the break and those teachers know who they are. And, and so uh, if uh, you are wondering if your child is moving, you should just be on the lookout for communication from uh, your teachers and, and from the school in the coming weeks. And um, we look forward to that transition happening over the Christmas break. And so when we come back in January, uh, th then the new classes will be in use. And then just about the podcast, hey, <clears throat> would you subscribe? This is going to go out on Tuesday mornings. So uh, rather than us nudging you each time, if you just subscribe with however you get your podcasts, uh, you'll see a new one that will be ready on Tuesday morning for the morning commute with the family. And then uh, if you have questions of things that you would like for me to address, you can email podcast at heritageclassicalacademy.org. Or if you want me to find a, an expert in a particular field and interview them to hear what, what they have to say about a, a certain topic, happy to pursue individuals if you send uh, an email my way. And then uh, you can also submit jokes. You can tell your kids to submit jokes to me. Uh, or they can submit them to the campus coordinator and, and either way, they'll, they'll make their way to me and, and we can consider laughing together. Um, and having said that, boy, we are now ready for your favorite segment and mine. This is the joke of the week. So I have with me now in the studio, one of our favorite third graders from the Peninsula campus. This is Claire. Claire, can you say hi to everybody? Hi. Hi. All right, Claire, would you do me a favor and tell everybody the funny joke that you told me? Sure. Why couldn't the bike ride on its own? Why? Because it was too tired. <laughs> too tired. <laughs> Good one, Claire. Uh, I love it. Now, tell me real quick, have you told it to grandma and grandpa yet? 
Um, I forget, probably. Probably. My dad always cracks up at jokes. So. <laughs> dad, dads always love jokes. All right. Hey, Claire, thanks so much. And make sure you tell it to Grandma and Grandpa, okay? Okay. I'll think it's theirs. Okay. You're thanks welcome. for joining. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Today, we are happy to welcome into the studio Troy McIntosh. Troy is the executive director of OSIN, which is the Ohio Christian Education Network, OCEN. Troy also has extensive background in Christian education, having worked in the sphere for 27 years, including as a principal and then as a head of school for his last eight years. OSIN has done much with helping advance the backpack bill in Ohio, a version of which passed this summer as part of the, the budget in in Ohio in our legislature. And we've asked Troy here today to gain his experience and, and expertise related to the chartering process in Ohio and what this means for heritage. So we're very happy to have him here today. So without further ado, here is Troy McIntosh. Well, Troy, thanks for joining us today on the Griffin Rundown. We're happy to have you. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, hey, Troy, as we've been considering the charter and its implications for heritage, we recognize that this is a transition for everybody. It's a transition for the school, certainly. And um, But we also recognize that uh, there are new things that families are going to be navigating and 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 some changes for them. So we've asked you to join today as, as an expert so that families aren't just taking my word for it or the school words, the school's word for it. So um, and the reason we asked you, Troy, is um, you are the head of the Ohio Christian Education Network, or OSIN. So would you just tell us a little bit about OSIN and, and the mission of your organization? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, we are a network of 172 Christian and Catholic schools uh, across the state of Ohio, and uh, we serve as uh, public policy advocates for those schools um, in the state house. So I'm literally looking out my office windows and the state house is across the street. And so uh, one of our primary uh, functions is to advocate for public policy that will allow schools like yours, schools like Heritage, who's one of our members, um, to be able to uh, fulfill the mission that they believe God's called them to, to, to operate as Christian schools, providing a Christian education to uh, the kids in their community. Mm. Thanks, Troy. And, and we are very thankful for your work and your ministry and all the good things you're doing at uh, down there at the Capitol in Ohio. Um, and then OSIN is an arm of the Center for Christian Virtue. Is that right? It is. So uh, Center for Christian Virtue, or CCV, is Ohio's largest Christian public policy council. So CCV lobbies on a wide range of topics, more than just education. Um, uh, they lobby on right to life. So we were really active in the most recent uh, issue one uh, ballot fight that unfortunately we uh, we came out on the short end of. Um, but uh, there are a whole range of issues that CCV works on. Uh, they CCV formed the Ohio Christian Education Network about four years ago because they recognized the need for um, so much of their work to be done in the education realm. And that was the genesis of OSIN uh, about four years ago. So we do, uh, my my division uh, does all of the education-related policy. Yeah, and, and our listeners may recognize CCV. I mean, we talk about it 
um, often enough when we're together, but also um, Aaron Bear, the head of CCV was on just a couple weeks ago and, and we interviewed him about issue one also. So right. uh, that's if that's sounding familiar to to folks out there. Um, mm-hmm. right. And then Troy, just tell us a little bit about your background. You Before you were at OSIN, you have, you have a long tenure and career in Christian education. Yeah, so uh, my first uh, my first career out of college was in the state house. I worked as a legislative, I uh, was a fellow in the Ohio House, um, and I left that, went back to grad school, and then spent 27 years at Worthington Christian School uh, here in Columbus. Uh, started as a teacher, was a principal, and eventually the last eight years as head of school. Um, and during uh, that tenure, uh, I really began to see the need for Christian schools to have the kind of advocacy work that OSIN was able to provide. So uh, we were one of the charter members. WC was one of the charter members of OSIN about four years ago. And uh, I moved, I, I left WC and joined the OSIN team in 2021 and uh, have been the executive director for about two years now. That's great. Thanks. Uh, <clears throat> a slight uh, tangent here. Troy, our paths crossed at some point in time when I was uh, boy, doing graduate work at Ohio State some some number of years ago. Boy, this would now be 14, 15 years ago. And I'd already had some experience teaching in Christian high school. And, and Troy helped me realize that I'm not meant to be a kindergarten teacher when I was doing some subbing <laughs> for, for Worthington Christian. <laughs> well, you're very welcome for that. I did my yeah. student teaching in kindergarten, so I understand where you're coming from on this. <laughs> Troy, Troy gave me the, the wonderful experience of subbing in kindergarten a time or two. So, um, you know, we're, we're considering all the time of boy, we want to be wise stewards and the board is considered, we want to be uh, stewards for all that the Lord's doing at Heritage so that this school is here and pointing squarely at Jesus with, without compromise for the next 100 and 200 years. So um, just want to ask some questions along those lines. And mm-hmm. as we consider that, we obviously think about the people um, that are in the school and then what we do in the school. So um First of all, help us consider hiring and how does how will the charter impact hiring for heritage? Yeah, so um, you know you're speaking about the chartering the 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 chartered non-public route. Uh, That's right. Uh, that Ohio offers and and before we get down there, let me make one clear distinction that I think often confuses people when we speak of becoming a chartered non-public school. That's different than becoming what you see in the media so often as referred to as a charter school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, charter schools that you see in the news are, are uh, what that is typically meant by that is a publicly funded school that does not charge tuition. All of its funds come to that school in the same way that a local school district gets funded. So those are public charter schools. In Ohio, they call them community schools because they were already using the term chartered to talk about their non-public schools. Um, so it's a little bit different than than what you may see um, uh, in the news sometimes. Mm-hmm. But at, to, becoming a chartered non-public school uh, really doesn't affect your hiring at all. <laughs> um, there are no uh, no restrictions uh, as a as a faith based school, a Christian school. You are entirely free to continue to apply all of your hiring standards that you would have. Uh, applied as a non-chartered, non-public school. 
So you can apply a statement of faith. You can have, um, you know, issues. Soji issues uh, can come into consideration. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, sexual uh, sexual um, uh, identity and gender issues. Um, you're free to apply your biblical conscience on that. The one thing that uh, you would be required to do is to, uh, which really doesn't change from your non-chartered status. As a non-chartered um, non-public school, you're required to hire people, uh, teachers with a an accredited degree, a bachelor's degree. Right. Uh, as a chartered non-public, you uh, are required to have teachers have an accredited degree, but then they also need to apply for what's called a non-tax certificate, mm-hmm. which the only qualification you need to get a non-tax certificate is a bachelor's or master's degree from an accredited university. So it's a it's right. a different it's a different licensure certification than what a public school teacher needs. There's a lot more uh, kind of oversight to that aspect of it, but. Right. Aside from that, you're completely free to hire whom you want and whom you believe best fits your mission. That's great. Yeah. So effectively, it's it's a uh, we aren't restricted in any way of hiring according to our worldview and 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 our statement of faith and and the type of mm. uh, godly people that we want around our kids. Which that's that's correct. Amen. Um, and then how about admissions practices as we consider students and, and families and all those things? Does the, does the charter have any bearing on admissions, Troy? No, it really doesn't. Uh, you're free to uh, apply whatever uh, admission standards you uh, have as a non-chartered uh, non-public school. Um, so, you know, if, uh, you know, and every Christian school has different uh, admission standards. Uh, some are open to children of unbelieving families and some are more covenantal and will only want to partner with uh, children of uh, families of believers. And you are free to choose whichever one of those two you want to do. So there's no um, uh, uh, no oversight that the state has there. You can have academic admission standards uh, if you choose to. Again, uh, there's, there's no real change uh, required of you in that area by becoming chartered. That's great. Thanks, Troy. So that's the people part, right? We've talked about mm-hmm. you know, who who we're hiring to be around our children, and then we're talking about the families and and mm-hmm. and children that we're admitting into the school. And then uh, last part is then is what we do here. So, Troy, how will the charter affect what we teach and and the methods we choose to employ to to teach the kids? Yeah. Uh, so again, it's uh, kind of the same answer as before. There are really no changes that you'll have to make uh, in order to um, become a chartered non-public. What you want to, th- the way you want to think about becoming a chartered, the way I typically describe it uh, to schools considering this is, it's not as though there aren't any requirements that the state has to become chartered. But what I I classify those as really just educational best practices and things you are almost certainly doing anyway. Right. So it relates to things like having a written curriculum and scope and sequence and curriculum maps developed. Right. The state doesn't care what is in those in that curriculum. You're free to develop a fully biblical worldview in that uh, if you choose. They just want to know that you have them. Right. They want to know that you have uh, a. a board policy handbook and a parent handbook to, you know, kind of direct how you're going to operate in certain things. They don't care what's in the handbook. You can choose to have whatever disciplinary policy you wish to have, for instance. Um, But they just want to know you have a handbook. They want to know you have 
attendance policy procedures. They want to know you have, um, you know, a, uh, a racial non-discriminatory policy. Mm-hmm. Um, again, these are things that I would just consider best practices um, that you're almost almost certainly doing anyway. Um, yeah. And uh, that would that allows you to become certain, you know, essentially get the imprimatur of being a, a charter non-public school. Well, and that's the feedback. You're exactly right, Troy. That's the feedback we've been getting to the state thus from the state thus far is, well, boy, as as an existing school that's been around for for 21 years, you, you already have most of these things, and and frankly, we've already submitted a vast majority of what yeah. they're looking for. So, um, <clears throat> we've been getting positive feedback so far. Yeah. Um, well, then, uh, and then Troy, we're we're aware of some of the benefits then to families just to to um, change speeds here. So we know that there's, you know, administrative costs that would be helpful for the school that we can get reimbursed on for, again, like you just said, some of the things that we're already doing, many of the things we're already doing. Um, I, mm-hmm. I've shared with families before, you know, there are safety and security grants and, and undoubtedly there are others too that we've continued to just have to pass on because uh, often those have to deal with, uh, or one of the requirements is you have to have a charter with the state of Ohio. And yeah. so we've missed out on, a good number of those. And, and then also we know there's resources uh, with student services to help with the kids. Um, yeah. So, but then I would love it if you could maybe elaborate on just two more significant ones for us and, and I'll say them in one order and then maybe you can answer in the other order. Uh, one is the ed choice funding, which is the big one, right? And, and right. what came out of this summer, uh, the changes there, and then just the busing services that are available to the families. So maybe answer busing first, Troy, and then the ed okay. choice funding. Yeah. So uh, in Ohio is really unique in this. I don't know of any other state that offers this service to private school students, uh, but the law stipulates that a um, student who attends a chartered non-public school in Ohio is eligible for transportation services from the local public school district in which the student resides. So um uh, you know, I, I can't remember which school district you're located in, uh, there in Peninsula, uh, or in, uh, in your other location. Or, or in Bainbridge or Northfield. Yeah. So okay. Peninsula is uh, Woodridge, if you just want to use Woodridge. Peninsula. Yeah. So if, if you are a student that lives in Woodridge, um, school district and you attend Heritage, the local public school district, once you get your charter is required to transport your student to and from school, uh, each day. Um, And so that's a huge help uh, for a lot of families. Um, uh, Typically, the school, uh, you know, it's a it's it would be a heritage unique bus. So I there are very few districts in the state, although this isn't necessarily a requirement. There are very few districts in the state that would mix uh, their own students with the private school students. Those are usually separate routes in almost every circumstance. So it's a it's a it's a really nice benefit. You don't have to take advantage of it if you're a family. Um, as long as you live within 30 minutes, that's part of the rule, 30 minutes of your um, private school campus, then they are obligated to provide those transportation services. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some, not all of your families would be eligible. Those who live, you know, outside that 30 minute radius wouldn't be. Uh, but it, it, you know, it's a, it's a really nice benefit of becoming chartered to your families. Yeah. And then, my understanding, Troy, and it's okay if you know the numbers, but there's also they can uh, some school districts will say, you know what, we're not we're not doing this for you. You live 29 and a half minutes away, um, yeah. And so they will actually throw money at the individual family. Is that right or no? 
they would. Yeah. So if you are otherwise eligible for transportation, but the district deems it to be impractical, either because typically this is because there are too few students coming from that district. Let's say there are only three students who live in that district who attend Heritage. It's really not financially feasible for them to commit an entire bus route for three students. Mm-hmm. So what they, there's a process that they can go through in the law that allows it to, to declare impracticality. And in that case, um, they uh, will pay the family on a per pupil basis. And I believe that number right now is around 600 and some dollars uh, per year. So if you have three, three children, you know, be looking at 1800 to $2,000, essentially reimbursing you for transportation costs that the district is not providing. It's really helpful. Um, okay. And then the other one, the big one, Troy, the, the Ed Choice funding. Yeah. Yeah. We were really excited this summer that we got a major expansion in school choice in Ohio. Uh, most of you uh, uh, have probably heard at least something about this, but uh, every student in Ohio, regardless of what district they live in or what their income level is, are now eligible for an Ed Choice scholarship to attend chartered the, not the chartered non-public school of their choice. So unfortunately, one of the things we were lobbying for is we wanted more of a backpack style bill that would allow families to use this these funds at non-chartered and non-public schools or for homeschooling. We haven't gotten those two aspects into the law yet. We're still working on that. And, you know, we have uh, some optimism that sometime down the road we would be able to include those also. But for right now, it's chartered non-publics that are eligible to receive students using those scholarships. And so, uh, you know, the scholarship amount for this year is for kindergarten through eighth grade is $6,165. For high school, it's $8,407. And again, that is money that the family can apply directly to tuition uh, at Heritage once Heritage uh, secures their charter. So it's a huge uh, benefit not just to current school families, but really when you think about expanding the reach of Christian education around the state and giving every student financial accessibility to a high quality Christian school, it's a huge, um, a huge blessing uh, that the General Assembly gave to Ohio families this summer. Amen. And and our families will remember. And we actually got that that chart that we sent out from you, Troy. But Heritage families remember it's. Uh, that is a sliding scale of what you're eligible for. So you know, it, it all depends on, you know, kind of like taxes, how much money you make and how many kids yeah. are how, how, uh, the family size. So yeah, families above 450% of the poverty level begin to see a decreasing amount mm-hmm. in that scholarship. Right, right, right. So, and, and we can refer our families back to that, that chart. So, um, well, Troy, that was, that was really helpful. And, and again, I just want to state how thankful I am for OSIN and for CCV and, and pushing these things forward at the state house. And I, I know you guys are big players in, in helping to even get these things accomplished. Well, we love what you guys are doing. Our work only matters because of the work that you guys do uh, every day, shaping uh, hearts and minds for our future generations. So thank you for what you guys are doing. Amen. Thanks, brother. Hey, last one, real quick, a softball. Uh, would you tell us about the scholarship granting organization? When our families hear us talk about the SGO and I say, hey, we're partnering with OSIN. Well, that's that's Troy, everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> parents have heard me. They've heard Rick Eimers talk about it, usually in terms of, hey, this is a no-brainer, or you're either going to give this money to Ohio, or you can give it to Heritage instead, right? So would you 
give it to us in your language that might be more compelling than what I've just said? Sure. So uh, we run a scholarship granting organization and heritage uh, students are eligible to receive scholarships from our organization. Uh, we are funded entirely by private donations. Uh, individuals in Ohio uh, give to our SGO and by giving to our SGO, they qualify for a dollar for dollar state tax credit up to $750 for an individual or $1,500 for a couple filing jointly. So uh, as you just mentioned, David, uh, you're paying that money one way or the other anyway. It's either going to the state in the form of taxes or it's going to our SGO um, uh, to go out towards scholarships. And then you are uh, uh, able to claim, you know, essentially a dollar for dollar reduction in the amount of taxes uh, that you pay. So when you call it a no brainer, that's exactly what it is. We raised $1.6 million just in our first year of operation, which was this school year. Uh, so we, we distributed 1.6 million in scholarships for this school year. Our goal for next school year is 5 million uh, yeah. and to grow it out from there. We believe that there's a huge untapped capacity for this. So we would encourage you all uh, to, to uh, uh, consider giving to this. You can get more information at our website. It's just ohiocen.org slash SGO or just go to ohiocen.org and click on the SGO link. You'll get more information there. You can make your gift there. It's a five-minute process. It's very easy to do. We'll email you a receipt that day. Keep on, hold on to that receipt until you file your state taxes and uh, uh, then get your credit. The good news is we even just this past summer got the General Assembly uh, to, to uh, include in the budget bill the ability for you to now make your gift before your gift had to be done, last year it had to be made by December 31st, right? Yeah. Just like charitable giving. Right. Now you can make your gift all the way up to the date you file your state taxes and mm -hmm. retroactively apply it to the previous tax year. So if you're sitting down in March to do your state taxes, um, you'll be able to make a gift to our SGO and claim the credit wow. on your 2023 taxes. And that way you'll be able to turn that around and get that credit, get the money back within a matter of a couple of weeks. Really quickly. Wow, that's good. Yeah, good wit. Thanks, Troy. That's a good one too. Um, well, that's great. And, and just remind families, we took, you know, we were great beneficiaries of this last year, uh, because of the work of Troy and, and his team. So of that 1.6 million or heritage claimed a little over a hundred thousand of that. So thanks to the generosity of our families, we were, we got about 110,000 out of, uh, through. Yeah. Through your family really stepped up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks brother. We are immensely thankful for you and, and for your whole team down there and, and uh, couldn't be more thrilled with uh, all the work that you're doing. So uh, I know you said your work matters because of us, but uh, our work is able to be done better because of all the work that you're doing. Great. We love the partnership. Amen. All right. Thanks, brother. Thanks, David. Thank you for listening to the Griffin Rundown. As always, it is our pleasure to partner with your family to cultivate our children to be lifelong learners who think and live for Christ. So until next Tuesday, have a great week, you Griffins.